Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de VIX, Consuelo, disponible en la app de VIX, ya. Expecting and empowered. Nothing sounds quite better than that, right? Today we'll chat with Amy and Crystal, who are co-founders of Expecting and Empowered, a fitness app designed to meet moms exactly where they are so they can both feel physically and mentally prepared for their pregnancy and postpartum journeys. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hello, everyone. So today, Pamela is not here with us. She does have a prior commitment, but you got me, and it's going to be great. And I am accompanied by two amazing moms who I'm excited that you'll learn so much from. They are going to talk to us in preparation for your journey, whether you are currently pregnant or whether you recently had a child and you're in your postpartum, or if you just want to have a refresher of what that season was like. We're to talk about it today. But first I'll go into my motherish moments. Victoria is in a I don't want to go to school phase, which like I can't identify with. I thought we were past it. I mean, she's four and I'm like, why? What do, What could you possibly not like about school? Like all you do is play, you hang out with your friends, you don't even have to worry about grades yet. But anyway, I know that it's just, it's going to pass and I know that it's not like that she hates school and I'm trying to not like go down the rabbit hole of like, oh my God, my child doesn't like school. But I always loved school, but I don't know. Anyway, I'm dealing with that and I'm hoping it passes quickly because every morning it's a lot, you know, like she wakes up, she's like, I don't want to go to school. And I'm like, but it's so much fun. But anyway, dealing with that. So if you, if you just want to reassure me that it's a season, it's going to pass real soon. Uh, send me those messages to our Instagram at motherish. And, and if you think it's going to last forever, don't tell me that. Okay. Now we can toss over to Amy for her motherish moment. Okay. I'm going to go with one off of that. It's a high one. I just finished volunteering in my son's kindergarten class and I was helping this little boy with his, they're working on how the end of the word sounds. And I was helping him and he made a mistake and he goes, I'm a kindergartner, I got problem. <laughs> so it's just so funny to see them in their element when you're in the classroom and to see them all work together. and. I'm sure when she actually gets to school, she is loving it and she's doing a great job. And so as parents, we see the hard moments, but then when you're there and you're seeing them as a whole, it just reminds you like they're all doing what they can and doing well. Yes, yes, yes. What about you, Crystal? Oh, I love that. Well, I will say it. Maybe it is a phase because my middle used to say that she didn't want to go to school all the time. And now she actually really loves it. She's actually the easiest one to get dressed. But I will say in the morning, I don't think my morning sounds any easier than yours. <laughs> my kids are in like the not listening phase right now. So I'm like, can you please go put your shoes on? And they're like, what did you say? And then you say it 10 times. And then I'm like, no, like seriously, we're, we're already late. 
Amy and Crystal are co-founders, but also sisters, which I think is super amazing. Um, they're both moms of three, and they are the co-founders of the Expecting and Empowered app. It is a fitness app designed to be moms exactly where they're at, so they can press the easy button and get their workouts. And their real mission is to empower all women to thrive both physically and mentally throughout their pregnancy and postpartum journeys. Crystal is a physical therapist, and Amy is a doula. And, wait, are and that's a registered is that a registered nurse yes yeah look at that i know these things i should know my future sister-in-law just became a registered nurse so i should know these things um so tell me a little bit about your story how did you start this and how long have you been doing it um and what inspired you to do so i'm gonna assume that the collective six children amongst the two of you maybe made you (laughs) say like yes we need to support women but to share a little bit about your journey You know, that's exactly right. It's like when we were pregnant ourselves, to give you the history, we had both always worked out. We were both personal trainers. Crystal had then become a physical therapist. And then we go through pregnancy the first time and we're like, wait a second, this is physical. This is hard. Even though we know everything we should be doing, putting it into practice and letting our body have this unique season instead of just doing what we were doing was hard for both of us. We were both runners our whole life. We still run, but to shift kind of away from when running didn't feel good anymore and go into something else was challenging. With that, we also saw a lot of people asking what they should do for pregnancy workouts. And we felt like we knew what they should do. Why don't we go ahead and make something that's really easy to follow? And so we have our first babies and with our second pregnancies, we were both able to test the workouts that we had made and it had made a huge difference for both of us. So we were like, okay, we are on to something because this second pregnancy, we feel better than when we didn't have this plan in the first pregnancy. Wow. I feel like... I was not prepared in my pregnancy journey. So I worked out a lot. The most stereotypical thing I'm going to say, I worked out a lot before my wedding, right? As so many people do. They're like, yes, I'm going to be so fit for my wedding, whatever. And then I was kind of active afterwards, but it wasn't like active, active. And I remember right before I got pregnant, I started working out a lot again. I was like super into it. And then I got pregnant. And then I remember feeling like so winded. Like I was eight weeks, I think, pregnant, nine weeks pregnant. And I remember going up a flight of stairs and being like, oh my God. Like I just felt like it was crazy. And I normally like I can handle a flight of stairs. I'm like in my 30s. There's no reason for this. But the body changes so much. And I and I remember trying to just like, you know, stay quote unquote active, like walking and stuff. But now, you know, my daughter's four. I ended up having a C-section. And I remember thinking, am I ever going to be able to work out again? Because it's so scary. Like so many layers of your body are open and you're afraid to do movements. And I think... For the first two years after I had her, whenever I would work out and I started kind of like actually doing like real workouts, again, real workouts meaning like movement that isn't just like walking in my house or walking, you know, I would feel like almost like a itchy, something like in the the C-section cut. And I was like, oh my God, did I break it? Like just so scary. 
now I'm almost five years after that and I'm like actually back to working out super hardcore like three, four times a week and I love it so much and you know, whatever. And I, I'm just terrified to like when I think like, what if I have another child one day? What if I have to have another C-section? I'm terrified, but like, it's amazing that you've, you've made this resource to help women through that journey because I just feel like I would never want to lose everything that I've built in a way, you know? Yeah. And in the postpartum period, there's a lot of healing that goes on. We think, you know, like right when you get that green light from your physician, they're like, exercise however you want to. And like you just stated, you had incisional symptoms for two years after. And that can be really scary because you don't know if that's normal, if you should feel that. So I feel like it makes people not almost want to exercise sometimes because they're like, am I doing more damage than good? And that's such a normal feeling to feel some tugging or pulling or even itching. Itching is actually pretty good after a C-section because it means the nerve endings are healing. So maybe you would like pull on it, tug on it a little bit, get the scar moving. And then it created more of that like feeling in that area. So then the nerves were more stimulated. And then maybe you didn't work out for a little bit or it, like you couldn't feel it. And so that's why each time you felt different sensations. So I actually had three C-sections. And on my third, my it was dropped. crazy because I did like everything. Like I used our guides, did everything exactly how I should, which is like, proper movement like there's certain movements that we want to do first with c-sections and then did nerve desensitization which would have helped you to make it less itchy which is just taking different textures so you could take like a paper towel a fuzzy little brush that you haven't used for makeup yet go along the scar but that helps you make it less itchy or irritable like if anybody ever had like incisional pain when they put pant jeans on or their partner touched their scar and then it feels weird because it feels different than the skin surrounding it, that desensitization really helps with that. But even when I did all that stuff and scar tissue manipulation, which is just moving the scar around that area, when my third was born and then I started running and I started running faster, like a year after I had done all my like kind of rehabby work, I still felt incisional pain when I would run fast. And so I just think it takes a long time for the body to heal because too, when we breastfeed or pump, that also delays that healing process as well. So I think it is quite a journey to get back to, you know, our bodies after having children. For sure. I also think, you know, you see this a lot on like Instagram and TikTok, like, oh, you know, there's all these like pre pre labor like checkups you go every month you go every week and you know then the baby as soon as they're born they go every month and da, da, da. and then like for the woman who had the child and delivered the child it's like we see you in 6 weeks oh you're good to go goodbye and i feel like that gap i mean there's just so there's so much left there on the table to do there, especially like once you combine the physical and the emotional, the psychological part of it, like you completely feel at least you're, I mean, I can only speak to like one time, but the one time was enough to make me like really just think that it, it's, it's a lot to process. You know, your body went through this 
crazy, life-changing, life-altering, you know, physical and emotional moment. But then you're, at the same time, you're now responsible to keep a human being alive. And like, you don't know how to do that because you probably haven't done it before. And even if you did do it, you ladies can confirm this, the second or the third is not going to be exactly like the first. And so it's still going to feel kind of new. And you have to take care of the other kids that you have to. Yeah. And I think there's a lot though that we could do preventatively. Like I think of even a lot of our programming, like after having kids, you're working on breathing, like simple things to like restore, almost like hitting the control alt delete button on your computer. You almost need like a reset to the system. And so postpartum, there's very predictable things that had happened during pregnancy that we want to work on. So of course, a lot of people think of the abdominal wall, but really restoring your pelvic floor, because even with a C-section, you had so much weight on your pelvic floor, sitting on your pelvic floor that whole entire time. So usually women after having children have a hard time relaxing their pelvic floor and then contract. Okay, wait, it. walk me through because I'm maybe not I'm not as well versed as as you are on this. Pelvic floor, what is that? Are those bones? Like I sound so silly, but what is that? No, that's a great question. So they are like a diamond-shaped muscle at the bottom of our pelvis. So they're the muscles, it almost looks like a sling, like a hammock. So they actually hold up our pelvic organs, so our bladder, our vagina, and the uterus and then the rectum. And so those support those. They also help us from not leaking or having um, urinary fecal incontinence when you like can't control farts mm -hmm. too, flatulence. And then they also help support those organs because there's a lot of like mom problems after having kids, which would be considered like pelvic organ prolapse. That's when one of those organs is kind of falling mm. into the vaginal wall and you're feeling at the bottom of your pelvis. But two, that could have been because we returned to exercise too quickly or, you know, you had to take care of your child. So you're lifting strollers, heavy things that your body might not like be equipped for yet. Um, so really making sure that we progress people back because it's not like this in every single country. In America, we give people that green light after six weeks. But in France, Germany, Czechoslovakia, you have to see a women's health physical therapist and they are physically assessing your pelvic floor and all of your muscles. So they'll test out like, oh, uh, Karen's muscle on her right side, the gluteus medius is super weak. She needs to work on this. So then you're stable. And guess what? Years later, though, they have lower levels of incontinence in women, pelvic organ prolapse surgery. And also in nursing homes, they have less people. And uh, one of the big reasons people are rushed to nursing homes sometimes is that incontinence piece. Yeah. Somebody can't take care of them all the time because there is incontinence, whether it's urinary or fecal incontinence. So I do think it creates a host of things in a lifespan. And I think moms are so busy. It is really hard to want to concentrate on yourself. I'm a physical therapist. I have all the knowledge, like Amy said. And it is hard sometimes to take the time to make sure you're taking care of your body properly in this period. That's wild. Once again, the differences with country to country, I think are so, I'm trying to find a, a positive, not a positive word, but just not an extremely negative word to describe it. Just because like, this is something else that I encountered, uh, like differences of the United States and other, and other countries was around co-sleeping 
I didn't. I only heard of sleep training here. I wasn't, I mean, now I uncovered a whole other world. But like at the time when I learned about co-sleeping, it was from people in other countries. And I was like, oh my God, things are so different. There's so many differences in terms of like, I think the pressure that is put on women, particularly, you know, even if you're, you're working, you have to get yourself back together because you need to go back to work or you need to do this or you need to do that. Like there's just so much in the care of women, I think is is related to that. It's hard here for women, I feel like. Absolutely. Like our position is the fact that we know that change is really slow. And so we wish that we would catch up to other countries and that every woman would see a women's health physical therapist six weeks after she has a child. The chances that that's going to happen anytime soon are so low. So where we come in is the education piece. And on our Instagram account, we really focus on education so that people know what to look out for. So that if they did need an extra set of hands, they would know that. Or they would just understand what's going on with their body. When Crystal was talking about even the C-section scar and how different it can feel. Well, it feels a lot better if you know that that's a normal sensation, even better if you know what to do to help it. And so that's what we're really trying to do. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Catherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Biggs, ya. Can you walk me through what the experience is like? So let's say that I am you know, four months pregnant and I finally got over some of that morning sickness and I'm feeling like myself again. I download your app. What what type of information is there for me? Well, um, we talk a lot about pressure management. So making sure that you know how, like, it sounds so stupid. Honestly, when I was in PT school and then when I do all these courses, like, they talk about breathing so much. And at first when I was a young PT, I was like, God dang, if you talk about this, like, one more hour, I'm going to lose my mind. And then now I've, like, come full circle now that I, like, know so much more because breathing is such an essential element to keep intact during pregnancy because basically what happens is the baby will start to squish your diaphragm. So the baby will start to splay your rib cage. When the, when the baby does that, it's actually kind of separating your abdominal wall a little bit. So then now my abdominal muscles don't work as good and your abs work with your back and your pelvic floor and that whole diaphragm. So once we lose that center, we kind of lose some of the automation because then that kicks back into what we were talking about for postpartum. We like really need to reset this system because now the fetus isn't taking up the space and the pressure is different in our belly. So in the app, it talks a lot about breathing, pressure. But the nice thing is it sounds ridiculous because you don't really want to learn that. Most people aren't going to be like, oh my God, please sit me down. Just like I was in those courses. Like, please sit me down and talk to me for three hours about breathing. We just like have the exercises that you're supposed to be doing. Like it's almost like a eating spinach in your smoothie, right? Like if your kids don't want to eat the spinach, you just throw it in the smoothie because they're getting it and they don't even know it. So in the app, there's a bunch of breathing exercises. They look like sometimes real gym exercises, 
but we're like tricking you into doing your rehab. And two, in pregnancy, we want to kind of protect that core area. So we want to work on breathing. We want to strengthen a lot of the back and thoracic muscles. Uh, women often complain about rib pain or upper back tightness, neck tightness during pregnancy. And again, we think of a lot of these things as normal pregnancy problems. They're really not if we had optimal movement. So we can really prevent some of them, but we've been led to think that this is just how pregnancy is. Like I, I even know like a lot of OBs get kind of annoyed with the client sometimes because they'll be like, oh, I have pubic synthesis pain, which is pain in the front of your pelvis, or I have this and that. And sometimes the answer is like, oh, that's part of pregnancy, but it really doesn't have to be. So if we did the right things or the right movements, we can really minimize that. Like my first pregnancy, I had debilitating pubic synthesis pain which is basically just like our pelvis bones. There's too much shearing or instability. And that was because I love to exercise. I love to run and I love to lift heavy weights. And I wanted to be like that person that was like running into my third trimester until I, this is like a true story. So I would go for a run, I'd come home, I'd take a shower. And then I had so much pubic synthesis pain that I would physically, I'm so like, barely dried off, but then I would physically crawl to the couch to like spend the rest of the evening on the couch. I don't even know if I can work tomorrow because I would have to like put my leg up on the plinth to treat patients. And I'm like, my boat, like it hurts so bad that I couldn't take it. And I started to feel that in my second pregnancy. And that's when we started testing the app. Like it was almost always there. You know, when like something is like, oh, wow you know, like you're a reformed passive aggressive communicator. And it's like, it's in you. <laughs> you always like got that little zing. Like, <laughs> yeah. like come at it with a quick comment, but you're like, okay, I'm growing. So I could like always feel that pubic synthesis pain like coming on, like even in my second and third pregnancies. But I knew better, like through the programming inside the app that it just never ever affected me in the second and third pregnancies because I made my body move in a smarter way instead of competing with like 50 year old men at the gym. I was like, let's be smarter, move smarter. Um, and Amy, outside of this app, you're also a doula. Have you been able to incorporate, you know, some of that preparation into the app as well? Or, or how do you kind of try to weave some of these things in what you both do together? Yeah, that's a great question. So when we made the pregnancy guide, as Crystal's talking about, it's very programmed. So it changes with you. What you can do in the first trimester, you maybe some of those are taken away in the second trimester, and then the third trimester also changes. So in the third trimester, we also really start preparing you for labor and delivery. So we're going to be putting you into positions in the flexibility section. And like Crystal was saying, really focusing on breathing so that your body is really prepared to give birth. What we know is that that is an endurance sport. So you'll also see like the repetitions of squats go up in the third trimester. And a mom might be like, wait, why would you ever do that? But when you are in labor, a lot of times you are holding certain positions, you're moving a lot. People often talk about how sore they are after they give birth. And that's not just sore in their in the area where the baby came out. That's also like their muscles are sore because it's very physical. So yeah, we love to pepper in however we can get this woman as ready as she can be to give birth. 
is what we do. And then we also have a labor and delivery course. And so in that, I was really able to use my doula knowledge. And in that course, we do a lot of mindset training because we know that mentally there's a big toll that is taken on a woman when she goes through this whole process. Yeah, it's so wild. Crystal, I'm curious if you feel this way, being someone who has been so active your whole life, who loves to work out, who loves to run, obviously everyone says like having a C-section is also so hard and it's so tough on the body. And obviously the recovery is not, it's like a whole other level of complicated, but like, do you ever feel like, man, I really wanted to use my body? Like, cause when you're saying Amy, like, you know, delivering a baby is such a physical thing and you're like, but I can do that because I'm very, you know, physically capable. I don't know. Those thoughts go through my head. I get like upset that I wasn't able to like use my body. Although yes, I know we did give yourself grace. We used our body, but like, man, I feel like I could have done it. And I didn't. Yeah. When I did all of like my women's health training, my whole goal, because they would play these beautiful videos of unmedicated births. So my whole goal was to do unmedicated births. And it really felt like so my first baby was breech. And I tried a lot that I knew at the time to flip her. Since then, I've learned a lot. So I think when we came out with um, the labor and delivery course, we also have like something in there for C-section recovery, because I think mentally for me, that was one of the hardest parts. Like I can do the physical recovery of C-sections, but I really, for me, and some people want a C-section and I'm not trying to down that. Like even like years later, I still will cry about it sometimes because I didn't want that for myself. And then I ended up with three. So then... I felt, you know, like, A, I felt like I didn't advocate for myself enough in the medical system. So the breech baby, I don't know, like at the time, all I knew to do was to listen to the physicians. And I did what I could, which was like try to in like cephalic inversion. I tried all of like the like old wise tale stuff. But now, now I actually help flip breech babies all the time. Really? We just did one in the clinic. Yeah. Because basically you're creating more space in the pelvis. So for somebody like me that ran all the time, my pelvis, and I see this in athletes a ton. It's a lot of athletes that were doing this on in the clinic, but like somebody in gymnastics or like a hardcore basketball player back in high school or college, there's so much impact to the pelvic floor. That area gets so tight that it doesn't make enough space for a baby. Now I know that. So at first it really, really bothered me like deep inside, like I didn't do that for myself. But honestly, at the time I didn't know. So in that course, the psychologists talked about with like, at that time, I did the best with the information I had. Now I have a ton of information. So like, could I have made things different? Cause like maybe if I didn't have the first, I wouldn't have had to have the second and the third. And then the second time too, my baby was in the right position but basically they were like okay at 38 weeks they're like we need to schedule a c-section I was like why like I feel totally capable of doing this and then my doctor ran all the risks through with my husband and I so basically she scared my husband a ton he was like what if our baby has complications like what if our baby has some of the things that they talk about like brain damage or they during delivery because you want a vaginal birth and then it's hard because then it's two against one 
And then now I know too, since we've created the C-section course, like it is very abnormal to have a successful VBAC before 39 weeks or 40 weeks. So I would have really been like, listen, I'm going to not schedule a C-section until I'm 41 weeks. I can totally schedule a C-section at 41 weeks, but I'm going to go all the way until 41 weeks, which would be like my full term. And then I'll agree with you that I'm ready for a C-section at that point. But again, I didn't know that until it's so after scary. I had Yeah, it's so hard. So like all I can do is the best with the information I had at the time. And so... Yeah, it's tough because you do want to do that or like I want to experience that, but I probably never will. At 20 something weeks, my doctor said to me, you have a very narrow pelvic bone structure. And I don't know anything about this, but I was like, okay. And so he's like, and I guess the ultrasounds were showing that the baby was large. It was a big baby, which in the end wasn't even true. She was a squirt. She was so tiny. But he's like, if we continue in this path of like a big baby with a very narrow pelvic bone structure, then, you know, a vaginal birth might be a challenge. Look, I don't know. I don't know anything about this, but I kind of feel like there wasn't like a chance, you know, like, I don't know. But is that a thing? Are narrow pelvic bone structures a thing? They show in research that that really isn't accurate when they measure it. So just like how you said your baby was measuring big, there's a large room for air when they measure your pelvic inlet and outlet. Also, our pelvises are really made to move during pregnancy and birth. That's why that like that relaxing hormone releases all of the ligaments. And usually your body is like made to have the baby of size. So too, you know, like it's interesting because everything's obviously you can't undo the C-section. But I think that's a hard thing to implant into somebody's mind because it's already a difficult thing to labor, to think about laboring. But then like, okay, you're already giving something... The mental side of laboring is probably the biggest side and you're already stacking the chips in like a different direction than we want to be. We want to be like empowering people. And so like, okay, this is like your pelvis is measuring. I wouldn't even have said that, but if he did, your pelvis is measuring a little bit different. These are some positions that really help you open your pelvis during labor and delivery. These are some things that we want to be doing for movement to really help your baby come through. And then maybe to let's try vaginally and then also implant the seed of maybe being open to a C-section then if that doesn't go. Is this where a doula comes in? Because I didn't know. Yes. Because I didn't have a doula and I didn't know anyone. I didn't speak to other pregnant women or no one. None of my friends were pregnant at the same time. It was whatever. It was kind of weird. But like. I'm like, I don't know what I need a doula for. And there, some people are like, you need to have a doula. I'm like, but what do they do? I don't understand. But I guess this is the like alternate side of the puzzle that they bring, right, Amy? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously we're in the room to support the laboring person and the laboring person's partner. And we're right there to do that. But another big thing is advocating for the woman. So it's not necessarily that I'm going to correct your OBGYN and be like, mm, actually, I don't I don't think that's true. Research shows otherwise. But I might ask you, I might say, you might want to ask him. 
You know, what are the risks of us trying this vaginally first? So I'm just giving you words or ideas on when there there are times to push back. Of course, there's times where they need to keep you and your baby safe. We totally understand that. We're not saying otherwise. But there's other times where a woman should be able to and has the ability to ask a few questions And part of that is you knowing that you did that. So say it still ends up where you did have a C-section and that wasn't your goal. At least you know you advocated and you asked a few questions and that you were a really active part of your birth rather than being a really passive part where you're just being told what to do. I think a lot of women feel better if they're very informed on why things are happening to their bodies. Mm. It's super interesting. Yes. There's research on if you were part of the decision-making process in your labor delivery C-section, like there's some C-section moms that are like really happy with the result, but often in those stories, they're part of the decision-making process. Like the decision was not made for them. They were part of the process. So it's like an insane, the percentage of being satisfied with labor and delivery is way higher if the mom is part of that process. It's like, you know, 60% of people are more satisfied if they're part of that process, which I do think a lot of times too, we just don't know, we don't have the information. So then it's hard to advocate when you're not the expert at this, you know? For sure. Wow, this was awesome. Um, Amy, Crystal, thank you for sharing all of your information with us. If you could just tell everybody, remind everyone where they can find your app, at what point in their journey is a good time to join the app, and then also let us know where we can follow you on social media. Absolutely. So if you go to expectingandempowered.com, everything is right there. We, our app starts at four weeks. So as soon as you take that pregnancy test and it's positive, if you're up for it, our workouts start. Um, And then at social media, we are at expecting and empowered everywhere. We also have a podcast that we have experts on, doulas, OBGYNs, midwives, everyone on to really like we're in the same business as you guys. We just want to spread good information and we want to support women. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I think especially during this time of year where women and everyone really is being bombarded with like the new year, the resolution, the fitness, whatever. I think this is a really good resource for them to have. So thank you so much. Yes. And we can leave your listeners with the code to motherish for 20% off in the app. We'll send that and link it in the show notes. Amazing. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo. Disponible en la app de Biggs. Ya. Yeah. 